Blog Talk Radio. Catch that. 
And also, oh, I was watching um, CNN on, I think it's Saturday nights. They have these different series, uh, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. They have TV shows. They have movies. And I'm telling you, it was just a trip down memory lane. When you look back, um, it was the 70s, and they were just talking about all the TV shows and, um, you know, what was so controversial back then, uh, i.e., all in the family, you know, um, uh, Norman Lear, he got so much pushback for having an Archie Bunker-type character. Um, and then the things, you know, that, that was said there. And you think about, you know, back then, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure it was racy and all of that, but then you see how far removed we are from just that um, good, clean, wholesome uh, fun or jokes or uh, jabs or just good, clean entertainment. Man, it just took me back because I love me some uh, All in the Family. And then, you know, of course, from that then off, it was uh, Good Times. It was the Jeffersons. Um, they had Maude, uh, what, Laverne and Shirley, Mark and Mindy. Um, don't forget about I Love um, I Love Jeannie. What was it? Yeah, Jeannie, I Love Jeannie. Um, obviously, I didn't, didn't watch that one too good. Uh, but then you come up to Charlie's Angels, Bionic, uh, you know, $6 million man. Oh my goodness! But we uh, so I say that to say, you know, what just was your old school favorite TV show back in the day? Mine is to this day still Good Times. Um, I will watch that on reruns all the time. Uh, but I did love All in the Family. Just oh, um, Three's Company. You know, just like I said, what was so controversial back then, and then you look back on it now, and you're like, wow, that was just a drop in the bucket. But, yeah, just some things that were on my mind. But this is a sports show, so let's go ahead and we're going to get to the rundown because we are talking sports. NBA playoffs is game six. Woo-wee. Talk about a turnaround. They go down from, what, uh, possibly going down 3-1, and now they are up 3-2. The Warriors, what? Will they close it out? We'll talk about it. But who will be the X factor for the Warriors t- tomorrow night? And who needs a better game, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? We'll talk about that. The dust-up, I'm saying the dust-up in quotes, that cost a coach $100,000. Yes, we will talk about that. Of course, so much um, so much more. NBA, uh, NFL, Major League Baseball news and notes, Wednesday Wikipedia, Lucinda's lyrics, TJ's motivational moment. You already know, jam-packed show for you, so we're going to get it all in as much as we can. We'll go ahead and jump into our first break. The breaks tonight are some hip-hop, old-school hip-hop, celebrating some birthdays from today and tomorrow, literally, birthday today birthday tomorrow so these fellas just some old school hip-hop that i hope you will enjoy so let's jump to our first break and on the on the outside of that on the other side we will talk about it game six coming up and we will recap games three four and five nba finals oh it's so fantastic just like the ladies of sports we'll be right back after the break Give me that beat, fool. It's a full-time jack move. Chili till yo, homie, make the track move. And I'm back anytime, Dick and Hank. That's the name of the suckers out of jank. I get away from a copper. Drop a dime, I break you off something proper. With the L-E-N-C-H-M-O-B. Keep on in that J-D. And here's how we'll greet ya. Stop, fool. Come on, that beat ya. Feel dumb cause it caught in the door. You little nut-ass mark. Raise up. Cause you can't have it back Just say I ain't never got stuff like that Off the end of the gap Just show, show dogs in the house What up, bro? Nothing but a come up Give me that face And don't try to run up 
And it sounds so sweet, Ice Cube and a lynch mob. It's Jack and Jack. Some of the uh, 
uh, adventures like you know, like Little House on the Prairie. And, and uh, let's see, it was—it's just a lot of them. I had a lot of them that I liked. If I could have recorded them all, I would have. But I was just trying to get, I, get to see them. Now, was it, and the Cosby was back there then too, wasn't it? Or he came later? Uh, that like was like eighties. Eighties, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighties, yeah. But um, yeah, and it was just talking about the evolution of like HBO, you know, and and how people just knew the HBO was not going to. Because you had to pay with it was by subscription only, and who was going to pay for cable if you could watch it for free? I mean, it was really good. So I don't I don't know if that's on demand or anything, but I definitely recommend uh, you know if you, if you like to you know taking that trip down memory lane. Uh, but what was my favorite one? Night Rider. Oh wait, oh Mr. Night Rider, that kid car. Man, I wanted me a kid. So no. Okay, well let's get ourselves to some basketball news. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a pivot. <laughs> All right, ladies, have y'all have you been keeping up? My goodness, we I thought the Boston Celtics were going to be able to go up three one, and how the tides turned. They are now down three two. Oh my goodness! Well, let's go ahead and recap. We'll, we'll do re, uh, real quick here. Recap um, game three. The Celtics they pulled it out one sixteen one hundred, looking real good. So heading into game four, we just you know I don't want to worry about going over the stats, but that game is irrelevant. Uh, but I will say this, for game three, for Draymond Green, it was the first time in his career uh, he started the playoff game and finished with fewer than 10 combined points, rebounds, and assists. His stat line for game three, two points, four rebounds, three assists, and he fouled out. So, shout out to Draymond Green. And then he was also a no-show in game four. But guess who was not? Oh, my goodness. Steph Curry put on a clinic. Warriors took game four, 107-97. Curry, 43 points, shot 14 of 26 from the field, 10 rebounds, four assists. Thompson, 18 points uh, quietly, two rebounds. Wiggins, oh, talk about him in game five, 17 points, shot seven of 17 from the field, 16 rebounds and two assists. Uh, Green, still a pedestrian night for him in game four, two points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Um, For game four, Tatum, 23 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, but Tatum also had 6 turnovers. Brown, 21 points, shot 9 of 19 from the field. Uh, Smart, 18 points. White, 16 points. Horford, only 8 points, um, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. So I want to kind of stop it right there, ladies, and let's recap um, game four and just talk about the magnificent performance. They needed a win, and Steph Curry put that team on his back and took them to the promised land. Um, Aunt Lou will have you kick that one off. Love it, I love it, I love it. Yes, he did. And a foot injury. Did he have a foot? Did he get the foot injury in game three or was it four? I think it was an injury. I, I think it was all for so. Hey, what foot injury? What foot it's injury, Aunt Lou? It doesn't matter, girl. You just leave him alone. All right. But, yes, he did wonderful. 43 points and eight assists. The boy said, he showed them what the meaning of championship. He said, this is what the meaning of this is. is. Oh, yeah, he did superb. Awesome. Came in there and did what he had to do, talking head to the people, but doing it in such a, a beautiful, handsome way. You know, he just he did what he had to do. He's just a humble, humble uh, player. Loved it. I loved it because as I knew that he, that he had to rise up. He had to rise up. And you just don't count Curry out because when you double-team and triple-team him, all you do is just make him find another way to be successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better say it. 
Shout out to everybody on Facebook. Kevin, I see in the house. Tony, Tony Maddox, I see. What's up? Bro, hold up. My brother, Aunt Williams, in the house. Thank you. Sandy, what's going on? Our aunt says, let's go lightning. Yes, game one of the uh, Stanley Cup finals is tonight. And I know uh, Aunt loves his, um, loves his hockey championship caliber play. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to save my thoughts. Uh, Janelle, go ahead with your thoughts. Game, game four. Um. Yeah, he he did. He he put on a fabulous performance. Um, but that's what he does when when he uh that and that's the difference between a um a, a Steph Curry and a Steve Harden or a Steph Curry and a um a, a um I can't think of his boy's name right now. My head is hurting. Um. But it, it makes it makes a huge difference when you know your team is down and they have playmakers because um Poole and and Thompson they know how mm-hmm. to, you know, step up when they need to, but they didn't have to. And it mm-hmm. and the thing that I love about Curry is because of the fact that you it does not make a difference. Do you understand me? It does not make a difference where you stop him on any section of the floor, he's going to shoot the ball. It, it don't make a difference. It, 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 if you call yourself trying to double-team and triple-team him, it don't make a difference because he's going to make a way. He's going to do what he has to do. And the thing the thing that was so awesome was because his surrounding cast was right there with him. They, mm-hmm. they were doing everything to get him. And, and even the, the minister society, you know the the thing that I love about um, about Draymond Green is because he is going to do what he does to help his team. He's mm-hmm. not a he's not a point maker. That's not what he does. His his right. job is to get rebounds. His job is to get assists. His job is to steal the ball. He got four stinking steals in that game. That mm-hmm. boy was when I. T- I don't call him a menace to society for nothing. That boy is outrageous. He, his defensive prowess is ridiculous. It, it just it, sometimes it irks my nerves to see some of the things that he does, but it gets the job done, and they bring home a win. That's the point. That's what Draymond Green's uh, role is on that on that job to make sure that Seth can do what he does and that Clay can do what he does, and Poole can do mm-hmm. what he does, and then Wiggins um, stepping up. It, it's amazing. It, it absolutely, you know, I, I heard from so many people how Boston was going to run all over Golden State, and I just laughed because I'm like, you know what, y- y'all don't know Golden State. They're not getting ready to sit down and let nobody run over them. It's not you better happen. say it, girl. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't think Boston was going to run over them. I, you know, I was hoping for a, a, a really good series with what we're getting. But, I mean, Steph Curry put on a clinic in game four. I I have to tip my hat to him because, you know, as much as I say, um, I, I believe that the, the Warriors are, are a little arrogant with their um, – with their dynasty, um, they just have a little, I don't know, certain, mm, but I mean, I guess they, they definitely earned it because they did it the right way. They, they are homegrown, meaning they put the team together by, you know, draft and putting pieces here. Sometimes a player will leave, but they'll bring them back. So they've done it they, the homegrown way. So I can't fault them for that. But it just seems like the way they win, it's just so 
arrogant. But with all that said, Steph Curry, the emotion that he showed in game four was priceless. I have a whole new newfound respect for old, old Steph Curry because you could tell that regardless of however many, he's got three championships already, he's hungry. He's hungry for that fourth. It's not like he, he you know, we, we, we deserve to win. No, he is going out there, puts the team on his back. Yes, and he's like, we, I want this. We want this as a team. Um, you're right. His, his, his supporting cast, Thompson put in 18, Wiggins 17. We'll talk about game five here in a minute. But just the way that Steph Curry went out there and, like I said, put on a clinic. In Boston, that was the thing. People were saying that, you know, because Boston was undefeated um, in in the playoffs or in finals uh, games for their uh, organization. But, I mean, David beating Goliath. I, I just, Steph Curry, um, like I said, I tip my hat to him. I, I can't even be, I couldn't even be mad at that, at that performance. And uh, it was, it was well earned. Um, and it's so funny, too, because none of these games are, have been single-digit wins. It's like either you know they're they're either tight you know third and fourth quarter and then they'll pull away like within the last two minutes. So the score never really represents how the game has gone. You know, of course you have your ebbs and flows. There's always like a 16 point lead here, then it'll get cut down, and then the other team will come back. But um, never a, a single digit win in this series. But man, Steph Curry, I, I tip my hat to you, bro. I, I can't be can't be mad at you. Uh, but Draymond Green, he's starting to work my nerves. Um, I'm with you, Janelle. You know, he plays his role, and he, he needs an Oscar because he plays it to um, the comparison. I, I used to compare him to Dennis Rodman as well, but his skill set is not on the, on the level of a Dennis Rodman. However, he is a integral part to this Golden State Warriors team. And like I, said, just, like I just said, he plays his part to the team. He is instigator numero uno. Um, whatever he needs to do. To get into the minds and heads of the other players, he will do it. Um, his assisting, the way he can get the ball to his other teammates, is phenomenal. Um, he hasn't been putting up a lot of stats uh, outside of the six fouls. He fouled out of three three out of five games. I don't know why, why that's going on, but kudos to, to the Boston Celtics for getting him, uh, you know, in foul trouble. But. Um, <laughs> One one thing I wanna um I, I wanna address something you said. Um I, I do not believe that the Warriors are um arrogant. I believe Draymond Green is arrogant and it's coming no, off they. as it's coming off as as a team thing. But Curry has not showed any arrogance. He literally is writing on his skill. He is he is showing the people he is showing the people that he deserves to be in the finals and that he deserves to be you know there's been there's been all this talk about him not being um, a LeBron or Michael Jordan caliber kind of player and that's not true he is it's just that he is not he is not flashy like they are he doesn't. You know, he don't do all this crazy. What what he is is a shooter. He is nobody on, can deny that. Nobody yes. can deny him that. He is the absolute greatest shooter um to play this game. I don't care what anybody says. You cannot take Ever. that from him. That boy, it does not matter. It, he he I have literally seen him do it in games, be on the on the opposite side of the court and shoot the ball. Come 
come on now. You cannot. You and and he put in the work. This yes. is, we're not talking about. You know, he he counts on a natural scale. No, this boy puts in work. He is yes. as good as he is for a reason. So you cannot take that from him. I don't. And he plays defense. I must add, plays defense against yes. the tall yes, guys. He plays. Uh, the Giants versus uh, uh, David and Goliath. Yeah, he plays defense, and he gets out there. He gets in foul trouble sometimes. He got in early in one of those games. But he plays, not only just play defense, he he shoots, and then, then he gets a, a, a double and triple team, but he still make a way to get a shot but in. This is true. He is, he is, a, he is, a, he, he is, he does play both sides of the ball. But my thing is that it's not it's not it's not arrogance in his in his in um in his situation. Draymond Green, yeah, he is acting a fool right now. He is definitely arrogant. He is saying all kind of stuff off the court, all kind of stuff in interviews. He he definitely has an arrogance about him where his team is concerned. But I can't call it arrogance in Steph Curry in Steph Curry's situation because he deserves every everything he gets, he deserves. Mm-hmm. And you can't judge Steph Curry on what Draymond says and does. Each person should be judged on what they do and say. That's true, and I, but I, I'm not judging Steph off, off of Draymond. I, I'm actually going back to when they were winning, you know, championships two and three. It just seemed like the the, the Warriors, and it it, it was Steph, it was uh, Clay back in the day. They they played or, or they won with um it, it just didn't seem like uh, gratitude to me it, it it was a bit of arrogance the way they they uh, carried themselves now this this series I think that it is uh, a more humbling experience for all of them because they've been out of the playoffs for the last two years so I think they all have a, an appreciation especially Clay you know being back after two years you know not even being able to set foot on the court so I agree with you and this this series here that it is so more so Draymond than, than the rest of the players. But my arrogance, I'm going back in from the three previous championships to see, like, when they were winning. They had Kevin Durant, Tina. They had Durant. And Durant, he, well, they, he, had he, they had him two champions. Didn't they win two championships with him? Yeah, but they won three. Okay. So I'm saying after their first one, they seemed to have an arrogance about them going into the championships of two and three is what I'm saying. To me. If you got Durant, I mean, you're going to be a little cocky there. And they didn't have to, you got to remember, they didn't have to work as hard either because Durant did the work and he was always the MVP. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like I said, not so much in this series do I see the arrogance um, that I saw as much back in the in the first, like, three, three championships that they won. But like I said, it was just really good to see the emotion because you don't see that from Steph Curry. You don't see him play with that much emotion in game. And then when they won, it was just like he let out the big, big just holler, and it was just like it's just refreshing. I, I love to see a player that they show it means something to them. You know that they just ain't out there because they deserve it or you know it's expected of them. He went out there and um, he, he he took it. I'll say that he took game four on his back by himself. Shout out to you, Curry. I I, I can't be mad at you. And then, well, he said uh, and the that best part Luke. and the the best oh, okay, part well, about uh, it is. I heard Ain't Luke first, and then and then Janelle. Go ahead, Ain't Luke. He said it was going to be do or die for them that they had to come out that it wasn't a, wasn't an option for the, it wasn't optional if they won or lost they had to win and so he right. did it. Just same same with what what my boy said. Uh, Wiggins in this last game. 
they they realized that they was they when they lost game one, they put themselves in a situation because they should have mm-hmm. had. And so I think they realize it. So it's like now we got to go out here and we got to take it every night. And that's what they're doing. Okay. Now? And, and the best part about it is it's not just the star cast that's doing it. Their, their bench is stepping up, too. And then um, when and the thing that, that we talk about every single time we watch a basketball game, whether we're talking about being in the playoffs in a regular season, when your star player has performed the way that Steph performed in game mm-hmm. four, the supporting cast needs to step up in the next game because he's going to be exhausted, and that's exactly what happened in game five, and I love it. I love it. Yes, indeed. Andrew Wiggins reminded us why he was a uh, number one pick. Okay, well, Minnesota, he should have got out of Minnesota a lot sooner because Andrew Wiggins, whoo, Put the, he put the team on his back on uh, Monday night. Uh, real quick here, I wanted to get a comment in. Kevin, he says, there was a time we thought Curry wouldn't even have a career because of all the ankle injuries early on. People forget that. That is true. That uh-huh. is very true. was known as, uh, uh, what is it, tissue paper ankle. That is very true. So um, I think that's first year he should have been an all-star uh, where he got snubbed. And it seems like um, ever since then, he's been on a mission to improve his he's healthy and to prove his, his skill set. Um, talk about um, the the role players stepping up, though. Jordan Poole, I mean, his ability to end quarters with those half-court shots. Talk about a momentum, uh, a, a momentum increase or whatever going into the fourth quarter. I mean, what, he's done that, what, three, three games now, at least two or three? Yep, uh, okay. yep, three games, so, three games. You don't want to show up in end game, but in and quarters, you just shoot the half court shot. Okay, go ahead, do what you do. <laughs> well, he's TJ uh, Jordan Poole is a young kid, and he's kind of following in Steph. I think he's like uh, Steph. Uh, Steph is his mentor or something. But he has he he's a, he's an exciting kid. I think sometimes he don't even know his 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 uh, his uh, level of skill or athleticism because he going out there shooting and he just go out there and just take it. You see the buzz and he just shoot. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes he surprises himself. But you know that just goes to show you got to get out there and do it. You just get out there get out there and do it. If you miss it, because Steph's been missing a lot of shots, especially in game uh, four, game no game five. But he kept trying. He kept trying. And where he was missing, then the other boys stepped it up. So I just right. love it. Teamwork. Right. Dream work. And the Warriors, yep, they took game five, winning 104-94. Uh, Wiggins, 26 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, Clay Thompson, 21 points. Steph only had 16, but that's all they needed because the role players uh, stepped up. Peyton, Gary Payton II had 15 points. Poole had 14 points. Um, Amy, you just mentioned it. He had made a three-point field goal in a record 132 straight Playoff game. It was his first playoff no, game. No, no, no. You talking about Steph Curry? You talking about yes. Steph Curry? That's two thirty-three. What? Say that again. Two hundred thirty-three. Two hundred thirty-three consecutive games. Not just his playoffs. Don't slide him. Two hundred thirty-three consecutive games. He has made a three-point. Until okay. until uh, until game five of, of this last. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. We'll talk about the whole, the whole, his whole, the whole career then. Or go ahead then. That's, well, that is, you can slide him on that. That's amazing. That is amazing. It is. It, it is. is. It definitely is. 
I I can't take that from him. I, I cannot. I cannot. But um, yeah, this was his first game where he had zero, and he was shooting. You know, because that's that's what a shooter does. Themselves out of or, or try to shoot themselves out of a slump. But again, his his, his role players they stepped up uh, and stepped in for him. But Andrew Wiggins, man, um, wow, what what a performance he did. This was his first time this season leading the team outright in points and rebounds. And now, of course, Golden State, they are seeking their fourth uh, NBA title since 2015. This is the first back-to-back win in the finals and the first back-to-back loss for the uh, Boston Celtics because they've actually, you know, went tit for tat, win, loss, win, loss. Mm-hmm. So, um, Peyton, 27 points. Smart, 20 points. Brown, 18 points. Williams, uh, the third, though, I have to commend him. On a bum knee, this brother is showing up for Boston. Uh, it worries me every time he goes up and comes back down because, you know, he's on a surgically repaired knee. But he is giving it all he has. I understand why uh, in the previous series now the other teams, um, what he, the um, net, you know, they were kind of happy, I'll just put it out there, that Williams was not going to be in the paint uh, while playing because, whew, I-, I love to see that boy go up and get a rebound. But um, he only had eight rebounds in game five. And there's an APP out for Al Horford. Al has scored less than ten points in the last two games. So I'm going to need for him to be more of a, you know, a defining factor here coming up in game six. But before I go into that, um, so like I said, Warriors one game away now from their fourth title. So, ladies, who do you think will be the X factor for the Warriors for game six. Um, Janelle, how do you keep that off? Um, honestly, it's it's a toss up. Uh, it could be pool. Um, and like Miss like uh, Miss said, that that boy is young. He's only twenty two. He is living his best life right now. It, it could be pool. It could be Clay. Well, it could be Wiggins. We don't know because their their team is so well put together and they function so well together that you never know from one game to the next who's going to show up. You not, you honestly just never know. It, it's, it's a toss-up for me, honestly, because mm-hmm. every time one shows up on the next game, somebody else shows up. You know, um, Curry was kind of quiet with this last game, so he could actually, you know, give another record performance. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, I honestly don't think they're taking game six. I think this is going seven games. Yeah. I am with you right there. <laughs> hey, Lou, what do you think? Who do you think will be the X factor for the Warriors? Game six? I think that uh, initially it will be Curry because I'd like to see him get it, even if he wasn't the MVP every night because Wiggins was the last game, but he should get it for the whole uh, whole season, um, you know, the, for, for the whole uh, series. But uh, it could be him, but I, I believe it's going to be some stepping up. You know, for him, I don't know if it's gonna be Poole or if it's gonna be Wiggins, because you know, I. But I just know they're starting to act and play like a team, and so in doing that, when one of them is struggling, you got to pull through. And Clay, Clay might surprise us tonight. I mean, uh, tomorrow night. You never know. Yeah, because Clay's been kind of quiet. He he's been very. He's been putting his he's been putting his points up, but he's been doing it very quietly. Exactly. He has. And like I said, that, that game, um, what was the game five coming out of the Memphis series, or, or not Memphis, I'm sorry, Dallas, you know, when he had that breakout, I, I was like, okay, is it, is it, are we now going to see, you know, the research of Clay Thompson, the old Clay Thompson, you know, the Clay Thompson of old? 
but it seemed like he kind of went back into his uh, quiet point, like if you want to call him that. But I think for for the Warriors, this would be the game for Clay Thompson, uh, for him to have a, a, a Clay Thompson type game, thirty some points, you know, um, being real effective, of course, from the field, um, and being being the X factor for the Warriors in Game Six. But I'm with you. Janelle, I do believe that game six will be taken by Boston because I just feel like the pressure of not having to win is going to kind of seep into the Warriors. I don't know if they're – I could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to come out with that that desperation of let's close it out. Um, maybe they want to close it out at home. I have no idea. But I do think that um, the Boston will take game six. So regardless of who the X factor is, um, I, I do believe that um, – that that possible take game six. There was something here I was reading. Oh, Kevin says Al Horford just went back to back playing like Al Horford. Yeah, but he had been killing in this in this uh, playoffs though. I mean, he he's been having he's been having some really good games, and just these last two, it's been um, very pedestrian for for Al Horford. He's hit some big shots in each game, but it's just he hasn't been dominant uh, as we've seen him be. Who, um, in, in the course of, of these uh, these playoffs. Shout out to you, Rashad. I see you in the house. 347-826-7924. That's the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. So with, with uh, Janelle and I saying, um, you know, that we do believe that Boston will take game six. Ladies, who do you think needs to have a breakout game, though, for Boston um, in game six? So the first question I'm going to ask is, who do you think needs to have uh, the bigger game? Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? St. Lou will have you take that one off. I think Brown should have a better game than Tatum, gonna do, Tatum is going to do his part. There's one thing about him. He comes out and he do what he has to do. You know, he's like a, he's consistent. But uh, Brown needs to be a little bit uh, more consistent. And if he had, just say if, if he had two more players that were stepping up like he was, they wouldn't be losing. But, uh, you know, but like you got to remember, if you're going to double-team and triple-team my boys, then they're going to do the same to you. But I, I think that Brown needs to step it up. That's what I feel. Okay. Janelle, who do you think needs to have the, the bigger game, Tatum or Brown? I am 100% in agreement with Ms. Lucinda. Um, I, I worried about Tatum. He always going to do what he needs to do, but Brown definitely needs to – he needs to be the flashpoint for this next game. As a matter of fact, him and Marcus Smart both they need to they need to put up uh, Tatum Brown type points in order for them to pull this to pull this off. In order for mm-hmm. them not to lose this game because it, it seems like the Warriors are on a mission. And although you know they don't have that, they 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 definitely don't need to win this game. It's a possibility that they could just want to prove a point and win the game. So I think yep. I think definitely Jalen Brown wants Jalen Brown's going to want to he he's going to want to put his big boy pants on and and have at it during this during this game tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Okay, three four seven eight. Seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. Triple threat in the house. Danielle, Aunt Lou, TJ. We are talking about um, you know heading into Game Six. Who needs to have the better game from uh, the Celtics? We're talking about the X factor. Who we believe will be the X factor for the Warriors. You know, I'm a firm believer that if you are the man, 
then you need to you need to put the team on your back and 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 take the team to, to the promised land. Um, Tatum has been consistent, I will say, in his points. Uh, you know, twenty-seven here, twenty-eight here, twenty-four here, twenty. But Jason Tatum and his ability to hold on to the ball. I don't know if he's trying to do too much. I don't know if it's just that they that the Warriors are watching film and they just know how to anticipate him. But Tatum has entirely too many turnovers for me to be the man on the team. And I think that's what helps and assist with the Warriors with their easy points. I think well they had thirty three points one one game off a of turnover. And I believe Jason Tatum had six six to seven or eight of the turnovers. Like they had eighteen turnovers in that game. Jason Tatum needs to learn how to hold on to the ball. And I need a 30, 35-point night. Now, I say that, but then I don't want him to not have any energy, you know, for game seven. But then that's when your role players come into play. But I think Jason Tatum needs to have a night like Steph Curry had in game four. And I said it at the beginning of this, this playoff series, that I believe that this was Boston's year. They were tired of saying, you know, tired of people saying that, you know, they didn't belong or, you know, they're just, you know, a year here or a player here. Um, I believe they were tired of being disrespected because they've had a good squad. They just haven't been able to put all the pieces together. Or Al Horford coming back this season, I do believe, kind of solidified them this year. But with that being said, um, I did say that this was the year I felt like Boston, they were on a, on a mission to try to prove that they belong. And Jason Tatum, this is your year. This is your time. If you are ever going to be respected as an elite player, a player that can can hold his own, can hold his own, um, that can be the face of a franchise, this is the game where you at home too. You need to put on your big boy draws, and I, I need at least thirty five, thirty seven, thirty eight. You can work, be in the forties for me. I mean, I'm not saying you have to be forty three like like Curry. Who believe that Tatum needs to have the game of his life in game. Any thoughts on that, lady? That makes sense. That I definitely agree um, with your with your synopsis about his turnover situation, though, because that's gotten out of control. But it's not just him, because Jalen Brown yeah. in Game Five had more turnovers than, than uh, Tatum did. So yeah. I, I need them to. I definitely need them to get that part under control if they have any chance, any chance at all of winning this game. They've got to get the turnovers under control. Um, I, I, but I agree with you. I, I, I do agree. You are correct. He, if he's going to be solidified as, as a, um, as a top elite player, then he, he should. He should definitely be able to show that he can put the team on his back and, 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 um, and, and actually get more than twenty-seven, twenty-eight points. He, yeah. he, he needs to do that. But the thing about it is. Regardless of whether he does it or not, you know for a fact he's going to show up. You know for a fact he's going to play both sides of the ball because that's what right. he does. That's I just true. feel like I just feel like um, it, it, he definitely needs to get his 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 situation under control with the turnovers. But I just feel like Jalen Brown um, needs to step up and be a one-two punch with Tatum. He cannot do it on his own. He's already showed that. Um, yeah. Yes, he does need to. Yes, he does need to put up more points. I'm not gonna lie about that. Um, especially with the skills that that boy has, it, it makes no uh, sense that he's not breaking the 30, 
he's not breaking into the thirties with the amount of points that he's getting. It doesn't make sense. But yeah. he can't he can't he can't do it on his own. He has to have his his role players. He he mm-hmm. has to have his role players to step up to to and be even if even if it's just one of them, even if Smart decides that he's gonna show up for the game and, and right. be that one two punch. He some one of them has got to do it. One yeah. of them has got to do it. Smart, Harford, or even the one with all the hair on his head. Williams, I think his name. Some of them need two of them at least need to step up because they're not going to be able to do it with just two of them stepping up. They need at least three, and they need to come strong. 25, 28 plus points apiece. They need to play. Harford is not. Harford is definitely not going to do it. He's definitely. Horford's role is more of a um, a veteran player doing what he you know doing the things that he does at the right time. Right, mm-hmm. he's not he he's he's not the old old Al Horford that we're used to watching. Uh, right. I, I, will, I can definitely uh, agree to that. He's not that that Al Horford that you know was so phenomenal to watch when he played for the Hawks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He doesn't, his, his, he's gotten older and he's not. Um, He's not he's not that type of Al Horford right now. So I definitely yeah. don't expect him to step up and, you know, put up a twenty points or thirty points here. I think that it needs to either be Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart. It needs to be one of those two. Yeah. Oh, I'm in agreement with with, with Jalen Brown, though. Jalen Brown, he, he's inconsistent. He'll have an awesome night, and then he'll come off, and he'll only have, like, 18 points. Um, but he, he definitely needs to be uh, consistent and, and put up a – I'll give him a 30-pointer, you know, tomorrow night. But overall, the team has to hold on to the ball because I believe that's what's holding um, Tatum back. It's like, yeah, he's shooting the threes, but when it comes to just shooting the, the 20-footer, you know, he's going and he's trying to penetrate, you know, trying to get the ball, and then people are just stealing the ball from him. So he goes for the Warriors. If you just take the time, post up, shoot the two, and, and have it go in, you know, it would be a lot, little bit more effective, I think. I think he's just trying to stop and pop, um, you know, when, when he gets inside that, that 20, 20 foot range, but they got hands. You know, the Warriors have hands, especially with, with um, Gary Payton, the second back. Uh, you know, that that's what they missed when he was out, his defensive, um, you know, contribution. But I don't know. I yeah, I I'm with you. I do agree with you, ladies though, that, that Brown he, he's gonna have it's gonna have to be a Batman Robin tandem. You know, Jason no Jason Tatum can't do it on his own, but then again, I don't know. If you wanna be an elite player, I mean Steph Curry did it. Jason Tatum, if you, if you wanna be known as the man, I mean this this is your opportunity to to put your you know, solidify yourself, I think. But and TJ, uh, um, them shooting the threes, now they've proven that they can shoot the threes, but it just ain't enough to make those three-pointers. Because you got to remember, just like y'all going to be hot over there, some of our guys going to be hot. And if right. you're just doing it from the three-point line, you need to use, so you sometimes you got to go in the paint, you know, and do whatever you have to do. But, exactly. uh, but they, they, they've proven they're, they're awesome three-point or shooting team. They're yeah. awesome. Yes. They don't yeah. go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, and yeah, if they're not hitting, then you have a problem. And then if you keep letting, you know, Golden State hit their threes, open threes, and all that, then that's when we have a problem. But I tell you what, we're going to put a pin in it right there. We're going to jump into a quick break, and then on the outside of it, I one more, couple more questions about the, um, you know, uh, going into Game Six and just what we've seen overall, and then of course um, the billionaire does he want to own a team? 
and where does he want to own it? Oh, we have so much more to all talk about. You already know how we do it. I did roll call, but let's do roll call again because we can do it. Janelle, are you with me? I'm definitely in the house. Hey, Lou, what again say you? I'm here. <laughs> We'll be right back after the break.
Oh, it's no secret. Ladies love sports, too, with TJ. Oh, yes, they do. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. A little pock for you there in the city of Compton, the Bay Area, and back down. Cali's where they put the Mac down. Give them love. Oh, yeah. We're talking some basketball. It's Golden State. They're in San Francisco now. Bay Area. Game six, y'all. It's going to be here tomorrow. So, I wanted to pose the question. Oh, it is a triple threat in the house. Janelle, Aunt Lou, TJ tonight, LL Sports 2. Ladies, so I was talking about the turnovers. Um, have to ti- have to chime in on this and we're going to get your opinions on this. The whining, the looking for calls after every layup, jump shot, uh, anytime somebody hits the floor. Um and I think it's on both sides. Ladies, give me your opinions on uh, just the overwhelming need to want to have a foul called from from both sides. I mean, it, it's just getting to me to be a little bit too ridiculous, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, a. Lou, we'll have you start that one off. Are, are you are you sick and tired of everybody looking for the foul? Yeah, they should. Some calls the referees gonna miss because they're not perfect, uh, and some of them they sometimes they call, they make a call and it shouldn't have been made, you know. But you just got that's part of playing ball. You got to take the good with the bad. But all the the whining and stuff needs to stop because it it's it slows down. And then all this extra falling and stuff like you know somebody fouled you and you did almost bust your neck and all that crazy stuff. It, it's just dramatic. They need to stop the theatricals drama. And as well as the whining and play like men instead of babies. And I agree on both sides. Janelle, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely, um, I, 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 that's one of the things I miss about the old days, that where guys just, they just threw them balls and played that ball. That's, that's, that, that's just what they did. Now everybody looking for a foul, but I will say that every foul Draymond Green gets called on him, he deserves it. <laughs> that boy deserves every foul he gets because he is just out of control right now. I do not know what is going on with him. He is just out of control. But, yeah, this all this uh, flopping. And now there was one call that didn't get uh, called on Curry that I thought should have been called. He went on 4-3, actually maybe 3, and the boy literally pushed him, elbowed him in the chest, and he like to fell on the floor. Uh, he, just, he just happened to catch himself. That definitely should have been called. But some of the stuff they're doing, all this flopping and, you know, extra movement, trying to make it seem like something done happened when nothing happened. Dude, you caught that on. You brought that on yourself. Go somewhere and sit down and play this game. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it's too much. And honestly, for Boston, I believe it's what took them out of the game uh, in game five because they were just looking for the foul, just whining. Now, one, there was a there was an offensive call I think that should have been called. I think it was I think it was Curry, but I'm not sure. But on Marcus Smart, I do believe that Marcus Smart was there, and it should have been called an offensive foul. And Mark, it just seemed like from that point on, it took him out of the game. I think he got a, a, his third or fourth foul within like 30 seconds of him not getting the offensive call. And, um, you know, he kind of held the ball and it was like nothing he could do. Uh, but I, I honestly believe that um, it took Boston out of their game. There was even one play where Williams, 
Uh, he was, I think he he went up and thought he was fouled, and he's just holding his hand, and you can see Udoka on the sideline like, get it together. We are not, that's not what we're doing. Um, so I hope he can get a, a hold on this going into game six because Boston, yeah, I, they were looking for the foul entirely too much um, in, in game five. Uh, but like I said, both sides. But Draymond Green, what was he doing when Marcus, uh, not Marcus Martin, Tatum, was holding on to the ball? They had called timeout. They, they say he wasn't giving up the ball. He wanted to walk to the bench with the ball. And Draymond's just all over there in the middle of the middle of the Celtics team huddle just trying to get the ball. Draymond. And they had a possession when they came back. Boston, it was their ball anyway. That was the dumbest thing I ever seen, Draymond. That's why he get kicked out, that kind of stuff. <laughs> to be honest with you, he's been there making moves and stuff. Looney is a little clumsy, but Looney uh, it plays a better game than Draymond because Looney make, sets it up too, and he, don't, he might not pass as good as uh, Draymond. He's a little sloppy, but uh, but but it's, it's less drama when they come in there, and you know, and they can't just stop Looney neither, you know. But he gets in a lot of foul trouble. But Draymond, he just they, when them winning it without Draymond being in there, they're saying a lot right there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not. Uh, yeah, but let's see. says, "Y'all leave Day Day alone. He is playing his role." It got into their headspace rent free. I agree with you, Lakeisha. I mean, he played his role to a T. I'm saying if, if they need to give Oscars out for, for for some of the, the ball players here because they they are playing a role, but sometimes it's just too much. I mean, Draymond all up in there trying to get the ball and. He's the only one over there in the Celtics uh, circle and on the sidelines. I'm guess that's a bit too much there. Uh, anything, you know, in between the whistles, I'm okay with it to a certain degree. But, uh, but yeah, Day-Day, he needs to quit. <laughs> What's up, Pastor? I see you in the house. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. All right. Okay, ladies, just kind of a, a, a fun, not a fun fact, but just some, um, uh, some tea. Let's talk about the tea here real quick. Steph Curry and his parents. Were y'all aware of of the as the world turns in the in the romantic um, department for Steph Curry's parents? You know that they're divorced now, and yeah. uh, Steph Curry's mom she is dating this man, and come to find out, uh, Dale Curry, Steph Steph's dad, now is dating the ex wife of. Steph, what's Steph's mom's name? Um, oh, my goodness, I'm trying to blank. Oh, goodness. Is San- Sandy? No. Sandra? Oh, I can't think of his mom's name. But anyway, so now dating exes. The couple that they're, the man that Steph's mom is dating and the woman that Steph's dad is dating. Sonia. 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 I knew it started with Sonia. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why? Thank y'all. Yeah, so Sonia Curry is dating a man, and uh, Dale Curry is dating a woman, and they used to be married. <laughs> really? Wow. It's it, uh, not that many people in San Francisco. I don't know. Uh, last time I checked, it was you know it was over uh, one million, I think, in, in San Francisco area. But ladies, did y'all know that? That's a drama term. No, I I knew um I knew that it was that uh, that they didn't have drama, 
um, all, all the stuff that they got going on. It's like, can y'all just knock it off and let these boys play basketball? Because, I mean, the last thing you want to be dealing with is your parents having, you know, marital issues when you're trying to win a ball game. It's, they're just clowning right now. I really just don't know what's wrong with them. They're too old for all this time foolery. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I, I was a little too. Hey, Lou, if you wanna any comments on the after couple? Times? No, we just need to leave that alone. No, we, uh, leave it alone because that's they grown people and they didn't raise their kids. But uh, you know, uh, as long as it ain't affecting the boys playing, and you know, and I'm sure Kara probably feel like they grown. I mean, it ain't like they kids. But uh, you know, you, you know, and, and with them, the Currys, they gonna be in the news like that because they some you know famous people, you know, and they both sons are playing NBA ball. So, but you know, like I said, just as long as it doesn't affect them, that's my goal, my prayer. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. But yeah, I just thought that was uh, very interesting. And I found it interesting that uh, Sonya and her beau, they were dating first. And then so Mr. Mr. Dale, he's going to go in and get the, the man's ex-wife. So I just thought that was funny. little petty, but very funny. 347-826-7924. All right, ladies. So uh, we talked about it last week. And LeBron James, he has become the first uh, current player become a billionaire, and now they're saying, or he is saying, I should say, because he still has his uh, show, The Top, um, it is it airs on um, YouTube now, I believe, and so he said that he still wants to be an NBA owner, and he wants to bring a team to none other than Las Vegas. He says, I quote, I want a team in Vegas. Um he says, I want the team to be in Vegas. So uh, we know that he's, you know, he's reached his billion-dollar status. Um, now we'll have to see if, you know, after his playing days are over, if they will uh, allow him to join the likes of, of the Michael Jordan and own his own basketball team um, and expand in Vegas. I know that they're trying to bring the team back to Seattle as well. Uh, Seattle, I know Vegas was was kind of thrown around, and I believe there's uh, another another city that uh, the team is um, trying to trying to get another team in to, to make it 32 teams. Because of course it has to be even number. Um, but ladies, uh, what do you, what do you think? Do you do you think that the good old boys will allow one uh, billionaire LeBron James to enter into the circle? And uh, what do you think about the team being in Vegas? Janelle, keep that up for us. Uh, it could it could be a possibility. I mean, we're talking about football. I tell you, absolutely not in a heartbeat. But with basketball, it's a, it could be a possibility. He could actually pull it off. Um, with the team being in Vegas, I think that's a good idea. They finally got a football team. They might still have a basketball team to go with it. Mm. And who better to own it than LeBron James? What? Hey, Luke, what do you think? You think they'll let him into the good old boys club and be an owner? Well, they should because he ain't afraid of them. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron's gonna be LeBron, but and that's a good thing because you don't need. You know, they they need to let him in because money talks. So he, you know, he is has proven that he knows how to make it legally, not stealing, selling drugs or nothing. 
and so having it in Vegas, it wouldn't be a problem since they do have the uh, the football team, as Janelle said. So I, I'm cool. I'm cool with. It. Yeah, I would. I would like to hope that if anybody that they would be willing to do the right thing, uh, it would be LeBron James. I mean, we all know whether it's on the court or off the court, LeBron has been uh, a stellar uh, athlete, regardless of NBA, NFL. I mean, there's there's nothing you can say about LeBron, even the decision to go to Miami. Um, you know, that was his choice. Um, you know, however he decided to do it. I don't even think he really knew what he was doing when he did it, and he even says that he made his decision like the last minute while he was doing it. So that was just something probably people pushed him into doing, doing it on air and all that kind of stuff. But with that being said, that's the only thing that we can really nitpick with LeBron James' career. I think he's done very well for himself. Um, so to keep Never been out, in trouble. Yeah, you know, never been. So even all the drama with his mom and with, what was that, Delaney West, uh, all of that drama, um, you know, he's still in his personal life. I mean, look at the look at the comparison of a, of a LeBron James and a, and a Carmelo Anthony. All right, let's just keep it real. Carmelo Anthony stayed in the news. Oh, baby, every other week it seemed like. I don't know if it was the same woman, but <laughs> it was just too much. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's, you know, like I said, off-the-court off issues with um, personal life or, you know, gambling issues, uh, being locked up, DUI, drugs, whatever the case is, you just you never hear, anytime you hear anything about LeBron James, it's about him elevating his career. The I Promise um, school that he started, uh, all of his um uh, entertainment ventures, you know, whether it be acting, uh, the shop, his podcast, um, being part owner of uh, what the Red Sox. I mean, anytime you hear of LeBron James in the news, it is always about elevating his status, and you you, you have to commend that. Um, so I would I would hope that if there was a time to just do the right thing, in the words of Spike Lee. Um, that, that this would be the time. I think we lost St. Lou here. Let's see if we can get her back. St. Lou, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. I okay. had to change phone. Okay. Uh, Brian, what's going on with you? Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. I thought, hey, hey Lou, tuning in on Facebook. I see you, hey, Lou. Uh, Lakeisha says, hell no, nah, they ain't letting no player in the good old boys. So. <laughs> and says, wow. Ain't a made man. Okay. Well, let's see. Make sports controlled by the gambling mob. He ain't a made man. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to dispute about you know the, the gambling mob. I have no idea, but I, I would probably agree. You know that with with all the gambling that goes on in Vegas, I'm pretty sure that there's a, a head of the snake. You know that controls the, the money there. But um, I don't know. I just I, I would uh, I would have a problem if the NBA made this hard for LeBron James to own his own team, whether it be you know uh, outright like Michael Jordan, or to be you know a, a minority on minority owner, but to be the majority minority owner. 
I don't know. Either way, I just think it would be it would be a bad look for the NBA if they, especially when you have the likes of a Donald Sterling. You know, I think you need to do everything you can to uh, keep the NBA, keep the NBA uh, box and that reputation. But uh, you know, with that being said, only time will tell. Uh, but as far as Las Vegas, yeah, I really don't see if they can have a, a team like you said, Janelle, um, a new, uh, NBA, uh, NFL team. In Vegas, and they've done pretty well for themselves, minus you know the um, wide receiver who got into that uh, serious trouble. But it, had, it didn't have anything to do with the fact of being, I think, in Vegas or with Cameron or anything like that. That was just a you know immature decision that was made and um, it cost somebody their life, and now it will you know cost him his future. Um, but Henry Ruggs, uh, speaking, of, speaking of Henry Ruggs, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like I said I, I would like to, to hope. That, um, that they do the right thing here. Kevin says, mobs don't run Vegas casinos. Hold on. Mobs don't run Vegas casinos anymore. That's old. It's all corporations now. Okay. Uh, Reginald, shout out to you. And Lakeisha says, it's the location that will make it harder for him. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't I don't see him wanting to own a team in Seattle. Uh, but who knows? If he wants to be an owner, then I, maybe it doesn't matter you know, what what city it is in, um, if that's his ultimate goal is to, to own a team. But, I mean, why not? I think that would be a perfect marriage. LeBron James owning the team in Vegas? Yeah. Let's see. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. All right, ladies. Um, so, real quick, I want to pose this question. Because uh, I thought this was very interesting. You know, I like to get the ladies' opinions when I hear good questions. So, they were talking about Steph Curry, and you know, his. Go over his, his resume here real quick, though, before I jump into this question. Um, so, the, the career of Steph Curry. And now, mind you, these are uh, these stats, these were stats that I gathered this was before heading into game four. So, to the NBA Finals. He's a three-time NBA champion, named to the 75th anniversary team, all-time record for made three-pointers in the Finals, 121, all-time record for three-point attempts in the Finals, 314, all-time record for most made threes in Finals games. Uh, he's 21 and 21 and four overall series win and loss ratio in the playoffs. Two-time regular season MVP has yet to win a Finals MVP award, but he has two regular season. Two-time scoring scoring champion, eight-time All NBA selection, and his Finals average again heading into Game Four: twenty-seven point four points, five point nine assists, and five point eight rebounds. So again, the resume of Steph Curry, ladies. If Steph Curry does manage, and the Golden State Warriors manage to win their fourth NBA championship, this will be the fourth since 2015, will that put Steph Curry in the top ten players of all time? Now, I want to pose this stat to you here. We know that we just had the uh, revelation of the 75th anniversary team, now, they did not rank the players in order when they put together the 75th anniversary team. So this ranking that I'm going to give you, this is a top ten ranking by ESPN, and this is how they rank the top ten. Of course, number one, Michael Jordan. 
two, LeBron James, three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, four, Magic Johnson, five, Wilt Chamberlain, six, Bill Russell, seven, Larry Bird, eight, Tim Duncan, nine, Oscar Robertson, and rounding out the top ten of the 75th anniversary team, Kobe Bryant. So again, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Oscar Robertson, and Kobe Bean Bryant. So actually what I'm going to do, we're going to tease that. So ladies, I want you to think about it. And so it's a 1A, 1B question. If Curry wins his fourth championship, does he belong in the top ten? And if you say yes, then who are you removing? We're going to leave it on that. We're going to jump to a quick break. On the outside of that, it will be time, it will be time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Oh, what a teaser we are leaving you with. But don't y'all move a muscle, because we'll be right back. And it'll be Lucinda's lyrics after the break. It's the ladies of sports, the triple threat. Janelle, A. Lou, TJ. We'll be right back after the break. Just listen, not dissing, don't get me wrong 
But to me it's just the same old song So just watch Cause my name is Shock I like to rock and you can't stop this Tupac, go ahead and rock Now this. I clown around when I hang around with the underground Girls used to frown, say I'm down when I come around Gas me and when they pass me they used to diss me Harass me, but now they ask me if they can kiss me Get the fame, people change, wanna live their life high Same song, can't go wrong if I play the nice guy Claim and fame must have changed now that we became strong I remain still the Why same, too? cause it's the same song That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. But you already know. Look at the clock on the wall. And it tells you it is time. It is time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, it is time for Lucinda's lyrics. So, Miss Lucinda, what do you have on tap for us tonight? Good evening, LL Sports 2. Well, the NBA Finals is almost over, and it looks like a four-leaf clover. Games four and five were so exciting, with the Warriors victorious in their fighting. You know the Celtics had never lost two games straight until the Warriors gave them a headache. Ouch. The Warriors were down two to one, but in game four, they got the job done. Winning 107 to 97, Curry scored 43 points. Poor Boston was left with knotted joints. The Warriors took over the third and fourth quarter. As Bolton's three-point shot got shorter, Curry came in the game with a foot injury, but left Boston and fans with a victory. In game five, Curry scored 16 with eight assists, but there were several other twists. The top man was Wiggins with 26 points and 13 rebounds. Clay had 21 and Poole and Tatum made some sounds. They pulled it off 104 to 94. They know they have to win one more. They should dominate in game six and win, yes, in Boston, if the NBA Finals come to an end. Surgical, did you say surgical? Surgical. You did that. Yes, indeed. And I love the little, the little um, uh, sound effects there with, without. That was cute. <laughs> ah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome job. Yes, indeed. Thank you. My auntie is surgical with those lyrics. Okay. If you don't know, you better ask. 
347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. It is the triple threat in the house. Janelle, Aunt Lou, and TJ. So before the break, I set up a tease for the ladies uh, saying the top ten, and this is according to ESPN, how they ranked um, the top ten out of the 75th anniversary team that was named this year. And, yes, Steph Curry is on. He is a member of the 75th anniversary team, but currently they don't put him in the top ten. But if he wins, if the Warriors win their fourth title since 2015, should that catapult, should that move Steph Curry up into the top ten? So, ladies, I pose that question to you. Janelle will have you kick that one off. First question, if they win, would he belong in the top ten? Um, let me just say, in my mind, he already belongs in the top ten. Ooh, okay. So then who are you removing? Oscar Robinson. Um, now, oh. I know people would say, I know people would say that, um, you know, he was before my time or whatever, but um, ESPN used to have this channel. I used to love it. Oh, my God, I used to love this channel. They used to have this channel called um, Classics where they literally would show all the old basketball games. I would watch that channel 24 hours a day. I loved it. Um, So I've literally seen, I've seen his skill. So I'm not taking anything away from him, but he's only got one championship. I mean, why would I, why would, and, and not to mention the fact that I thought about, I did think about this. I thought about maybe removing Larry Bird, but you can't do that because he was part of a dynasty. On top of that, I do believe that Steph Curry's ball handling skills has actually surpassed Larry Bird. But I cannot put him above him. I can't do that. So it would have to be Oscar Robinson. But yeah, I believe that he I, I believe that he deserves I believe he deserves that. I honestly do. Um I think that I think that he, with this, with the way that he's handled himself over the years, with uh, with being on this team from 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 when he was super young playing with them to now, he literally has increased his skill to the point where he deserves to be a top ten player. He does. Okay. All right. Three four seven eight two six. Talk to the ladies tonight on LL four two. Hey Lou, what are your thoughts on well the first question, do you believe that the curry belongs in the in the top ten? Uh yes, I do. I do okay. believe that. Okay. So and it's just you? not because he had Kevin Durant or, you know, because Kevin Durant did pull them over twice, you know. Um but mm-hmm. I just think that his he's, he's qualified, and and I would say with because initially I was gonna say Tim Duncan, but he he was an M, MVP, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know won those championships. So I would say probably replacing Oscar Robinson, but he should be up there. They got they got some they got some heavyweights up there, but I I agree with Janelle mm-hmm. as far as who he should replace. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's um. I, I think it's a tough it, it, it's a tough remove um, because who who would you take out? 
uh, Stephen A. Smith, he was saying to take out Wilt Chamberlain um, only because Wilt had only two championships in his era, and he was in the same era as uh, Bill Russell. Um, and if Bill, if Bill managed to get 11 in his time span and they're playing in the same generation, how could, how could Wilt only get two? I don't necessarily know if I agree with that because sometimes you just have a dominant team. Um, and if it's just, you know, their season, then that, 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 you know, that's just one man cannot take you over the hump. You have to have the, the, the supporting cast. Uh, with that being said, um, I'll be honest, I, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Will Chamberlain's games. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Arthur Robinson's games. Um, so, so, Janelle, you, you just, you know, educated me on that. Uh, Larry Bird, definitely not Janelle. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't take Larry out. No, Larry is, um, no, not Larry. And I know a lot of people say Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan is You can't take him. him out. Oh, you can't yeah, take you him, him out. I mean, Tim was. take him out. Um, uh, Five what's championships, name? three MVPs. You can't take him out. Yeah, no, you can't take him out. What was his name? Um, the, the two That's why I said no. When uh, when I'm 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 not speaking directly to you. Uh, a lot of people on timeline said Tim Duncan. Um, who the uh, who do you play with now? Tim Duncan. And uh, the, I, I I see the boy's face just as plain as day. Another light bright. Yes, I know. Yes. Um. Goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But Tim Duncan, when he took I the reins from was Tony. The Admiral. Admiral. Oh, yes. Uh, David oh, Robinson. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> my goodness. I so much. Uh, David Robinson. So once David Robinson left, I mean, that was Tim Duncan's team. And Tim Duncan was a, a, a quiet assassin. I, I mean, he just, it's just he didn't do it with flash. But Tim Duncan was, it, it, Tim Duncan was true. So no, you definitely cannot take a, take them take out Tim Duncan, and I'm okay with where they have him at uh, number eight too, because uh, I'm not gonna put him over Kareem. I'm definitely not gonna put him over LeBron or Mike. Uh, again, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain. I I wasn't privy to seeing them play. I just only know you know the history of, of what they contributed to basketball. But Bill Russell, eleven championships. I mean, who who really? A lot of people say that he should be over Mike, but I'm never gonna say that. Anyway, but um. But yeah, Duncan played with the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs. Tim Duncan, yes, is that the yes, yes, yeah, yeah, in their reign, you know, when when they had their dynasty. Um, so yeah, so I guess the process of elimination, you know, if I because I do believe that he belongs in the top ten, not only for you know for championships, but Steph Curry has changed the game. I mean, he has solidified and he has stamped his name in the history books. There will, I don't know, definitely not in, in our lifetime, but I don't know if we'll ever see a pure shooter like a Steph Curry. Yeah, it's the Splash Brothers where it's Steph and Clay, but there's no one like a Steph Curry. We've never seen it, and I, I'm pretty sure there are little boys out there now who are trying to pattern themselves after Steph Curry, so I'm never going to say never, that we, you know, some maybe in, in the next lifetime, but he has changed the game um, and solidified himself in history. So he, he, to me, he definitely deserves to be in the top ten, whether he has the fourth championship or not. Um, so um, let's see. Lakeisha says Tim Duncan didn't change the game forever like Steph, but I can take out Robinson. Okay, I mean, hey, I, that's why we live in America. Everybody has, you know, their their opinion. 
process of elimination, I would probably have to say Oscar Robinson too. But again, back in the day, Oscar was uh yeah. He was a man. You know, let them say it. Okay, uh, real quick here. Kevin says only one feasible um I wilt uh I don't know what that okay, so only one feasible wilt, but he averaged fifty points for a season and had a hundred points in a game. How can you take him out? Exactly. For that alone, I mean, 100 points in one game, and he averaged 50. And, again, you know, you have to think about the time that he played, um, the competition, you know, that he was going up against. But still, that's, 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 I think he solidified himself in the top ten as well. Um, but, again, to me, Tim Duncan deserves to be in the, in the top ten as well. Um, ladies, any thoughts on what uh, any of the listeners uh, had to say? Um, no, I'm I, I'm no. by my gun. I, I think if if you were gonna take out anybody, um, looking at you know looking at the career and like I said, it's not it's not to take away anything anything mm-hmm. at all from Oscar Robinson because obviously he was the man back then. But I, I just that would be my choice. You can't looking at looking at the accomplishments that all the other players have made. Um, mm-hmm. You can't you can't take it away from them. You can't. You know I'm not a fan of Kobe, but I definitely uh, think he deserves to be in that in his in the top ten. But I'm definitely oh, yeah. not a fan of his. Um, yeah. I, um, obviously, you can't take Jordan Jordan away because you know what the one thing that um, people forget they always complain about how um, LeBron could never play back then. But if you remember correctly. Jordan was not the, the fantastic player that he became. He he literally used to get beat up and lose and lose and lose. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until he finally got tired of Detroit actually whooping his behind that he put on yep. more weight and changed his game. That's yep. when he elevated himself. That's when and he became the unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So when you when you when you you can't when a person actually goes through that type of um, that type of metamorphosis, you can't take it away from them that they became who they were. Yeah, so you right. definitely can't take him off the list. There are certain people that you look at this list and it's like, nope, you can't take them off. You can't. The only person that you can actually look at like that is Oscar Robinson. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, I, that's why I love to pose the question. I love to hear the thoughts of what everyone thinks. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. But, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that Steph, he does belong in the top ten. It's just a matter of, you know, who would you remove. But I think everybody and even everyone on the timeline, they agree that Steph does belong in the top ten. Like I said, it's just, you know, who would you who would you want to take out? All right. With that here, let's move to some uh, football news here real quick. Um, definitely wanted to, to chime in on this story here. Jack Del Rio of the – Washington, what are they, commanders now, uh, fined $100,000 for his comments on the U.S. Capitol invasion. So if you haven't heard, um, there was a tweet that Jack Del Rio put out. Um, this was on, so he addressed the team on this. This was last week. But um, he was on Twitter, and he said on Twitter here, let's see, um, hold on. I thought I had it here. Basically, um, 
tweet was regarding um, the death of um, George Floyd, and he was talking about the rioting and the subsequent, you know, marches, but mostly the rioting and destruction that took place um, after the the murder of George Floyd. And it was the um, it was when we were getting ready to talk about the uh, committee that had been put together for uh, the, the January 6th uh, Capitol, you know, um, insurrection that happened. Um, but I want to – oh, here we go. This is what I wanted to do. Okay. So this is the tweet that Jack Del Rio tweeted. Um, this was earlier last week. He says, I quote, would love to understand the whole story about why the summer of riots, looting, burning, and the destruction of personal property is never discussed, but this is. Hashtag common sense. So, again, in reference to but this is, he was, he's talking about the repetitive talk about what happened on January 6th. We're not talking about the riots, the looting, and the burning, but we want to talk about what happened on January 6th. Really, Jacques Del Rio? That's what you had to say? But it gets worse. So then he's um, he's speaking at a press conference in Washington, you know, commanders, because they've started minicamp. And um, he refers to the January 6th attack on the Capitol as a dust-up, like a fly in a pan. Just, oh, it was a dust-up. Why, why are we still talking about the dust-up that happened at the Capitol on January 6th? Talk about just tone wow. deaf. Um, wow. I, I, I'm still in awe, uh, in shock that that was his his comment. But regardless, um, Coach Ron Rivera promptly took action, fined him $100,000. Um, Jack Del Rio did speak to the team this past Tuesday. But let me say what, uh, John Rivera, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Coach Rivera said first, quote, his comments do not reflect the organization's views and are extremely hurtful to our great community here in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. As we saw last night in the hearings, what happened on the Capitol on January 6, 2021, was an act of domestic terrorism. A group of citizens attempted to overturn the results of a free and fair election, and as a result, lives were lost and the Capitol building was damaged. End quote. Um, Del Rio, um, again, he just said that he felt like there were two standards being applied, uh, but he did apologize in a statement on Wednesday saying, I quote, referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent, and I am sorry. I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the country. I say that while also expressing my support as an American citizen for peaceful protests in our country. Um, however, words have consequences. Um, oh, I'm sorry. This was Jack Del Rio. I'm sorry. Um, this was Ron Rivera speaking on Del Rio's comments. He said, "I quote: However, words have consequences, and his words hurt a lot of people in our community." End quote. So again, Jack Del Rio. He did apologize. He has spoken to the team. Um, a lot of the team um, players said that they really weren't worried about it. Um, you know, as long as he can coach them. You know, the camaraderie is good in the locker room. You know, so forth. Yada yada yada. So apparently the team doesn't have an issue right now. They're they're sticking together and they're standing behind Jack Del Rio. Um, but the, the same day that he spoke to the team, the NCAA uh, president, NCAA, I'm sorry, President Derek Johnson 
called for Daryl Rio to be fired, to be terminated. Um, he said in a statement, again, this is Derek Johnson now, president of the NAACP, says his comments could not have been more offensive and ignorant. The January 6th insurrection and attempted coup was far from a dust-up. Each day we learn more and more on just how close our democracy came to autocracy. Downplaying the insurrection by comparing it to nationwide protests, which were in response, were, which were in response to a public lynching, is twisted. You can't coach a majority black team while turning your back on the black community. It's time for you to pack up and step off the field, end quote. Um, ladies, with that information, um, one, do you believe that the fine of $100,000 was adequate? And two, do you agree with Derek Johnson, the president of the NAACP, that Del Rio should have lost his job behind these comments? Um, a. Lou, we'll have you kick that off. No, $100,000 fine wasn't enough, especially with the kind of money he made. Because it, it, it was it was ignorant. It was, uh, like I say, ludicrous. You're going to riot. If y'all go back to the riots, you know, the first people that started riots and stuff wasn't the black people. And y'all just go do your homework do your research. So that's, that's been going on forever. But when you go and attack the capital like that and stuff, you know what I mean, and then you know, and 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 then you making the comments, and then you you coaching a, a all black team. What kind of, do you have any kind of respect for the black people? You know what I mean? Do you have any kind of respect? And do you really care about them, or you just care about what they can do for us, making you some money? Talk to me, Christmas. And so. And so I just, you know, I just think that, you know, he should have been fined more. But that was, that's the, again, no good old boys. You got mm-hmm. fine. Uh, you uh, know, but if that had been a black person said that, uh, it probably would have been a bigger fine than that one. And I just, uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, people, when you say stuff, it, it, you can't take it back. And he's saying he's sorry. He ain't sorry. He's just saying he's sorry because he didn't got busted and they find his butt. Mm-hmm. See, they only come and confess and, and apologize once they didn't got caught. But if you think you ain't going to get caught and you can get away with stuff, you're going to keep doing it. All right. Mm-hmm. So true. So very true. Kevin asked the question, you think the players want to play for Del Rio now? Um, I don't think in their heart of hearts they probably do. They may never have because Del Rio has a, a history you know, from team to team that he went to where he had controversial moments in, in playing for, for other, I mean, for coaching for other organizations. So I don't think that they're going to come out publicly and say that they, you know, have a problem with them. But I bet amongst the players in that locker room, it's probably a good chunk of players that are like, okay, I see you, Del Rio. I got my eye on you. But um, but what do you think, Kevin? Do you think that they want to play for him now? Um, and, and A. Lou, since, you, since you've already went, do you think that the – the players have a problem, even though they may not say it publicly. Do you think they have a problem playing for him now? If they don't, they should. But you know, it's mm. like we need to stop hiding our feelings. Is there everybody else to, uh, uh, exposing and expressing their feelings? It's time to stop hiding them. Mm-hmm. Okay, Janelle, um, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry, um, Aunt Lou. Did you say that he should have lost his job? What, would you agree with with the with that portion? 
Yeah, he could have lost his job. He was he had gotten signed more, and and then okay. if, if people just start walking off, you know, these players start walking off because they don't want to play with him, then he would have to lose his job because they're gonna lose this whole establishment gonna fall because of him. So they got to put somebody in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to protest. Okay, um, Janelle, what are your thoughts? One about fine, and then two, do you think uh, do you agree with the NWCP president? He should have lost his job. Uh, here's the thing uh, about, you know, we talk about fines with the NFL all the time. They, they're so inconsistent. I, I mean, let's just oh, be honest. Janelle, let me stop you. This wasn't the NFL. This was specifically coach. I know it was. I know it was specifically the coach. I know. But what okay, I'm saying okay. is um, across the NFL period, not just um, talking about the, the NFL the organization itself, but I'm talking about a, the, uh, the NFL period, even the individual team. They're so inconsistent with what they do when they're finding people. I, I mean, it, it's just uh, I'm, I'm not shocked. I, I'm not. I, I don't think he should have lost his job, no, but. I mean, $100,000 with the amount of money he made, he probably pulled that out of his pocket and paid it and went on about his business. Right. Uh, my thing is, you know, and I, I'm so glad you brought it up because I was getting ready to say something about it. See, this mm-hmm. is not his first time being controversial. This is, I, I, I was shocked in the first place when he ended up getting this job because of, you know, so many things that um, that happened in his past. So I, I'm, I, I'm sure that, uh, there are some players that didn't want to play for him, but he won them over somehow or another. Since everybody seems to be, you know, uh, and and you know, the, the camaraderie seems to be okay. Seems to be okay mm-hmm. right now. But I, I really feel like we're, this is not going to be the last time we're going to hear something and, and about him, and something's going to end up happening. I honestly do. Okay. All right. Kevin says, I think players definitely don't like him now, but they will keep it professional and play ball. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think if they didn't if they don't like him now, they probably didn't like him when he before. Because like I said, his reputation reputation precedes him. Uh so in regards to the fine, I'm definitely in agreement with you ladies. I don't think a fine was uh, substantial enough. I think he should have been suspended. Like tell tell him to not show up. Um, I don't know for how long. I mean, I know it's many camps, but you know, this is a this is a crucial time for a lot of teams. You know, trying to, to mold and get chemistry down and so forth like that. And I'm pretty sure it would probably hurt the team more than help them if Jack Del Rio is not in attendance, especially if you know this is your coach. But I, I do think that there should have been a little bit more punishment than just a hundred thousand dollars fine. Because I'm totally removed with y'all. Hundred thousand dollars is probably ten dollars to him with the salary that he's made and the salary that he's made over, you know, over the years. So the $100,000 fine, I don't think that means anything. Uh, do I think he should have lost his job? Absolutely not. Because I think that's the problem with the world now. We're such in a, in a cancel culture. Cancel culture, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you, nobody can say anything. You can't speak your mind or else everybody wants you to lose your job. No, people, how about we hear what people have to say, we believe who they are when they say it, and then we can deal with them accordingly. Don't 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 suppress don't don't hide you know hide what's in your heart. Oh, I need to know because I need to know if I need to really fool with you or not. Now, yes, you might be my coach, but guess what? I'm gonna take what I need to take from you, and then that's about it. I see you. I see how you feel about me. I see the lack of respect you have for my people. Because if you think for that to even formulate in your mouth, 
called the January 6th insurrection. I mean, that was a riot. I don't, I, I don't even know if insurrection, that was, um, and I've said it before, I will say it again. I believe this in my heart of hearts to the, to the core of my being. January 6th was white privilege. And if you never knew what white privilege was, say it again. Or does. Say, it you know, again. say it again. January 6th is white privilege. You can't tell me that any other group of people would have been to, one, attack the Capitol the way they did, but even the fact that they got, got to the Capitol to attack it. Nobody can tell me any different. The Capitol was not prepared. Why weren't they prepared? You can't tell me that some people did. And watch the hearings. You, you'll see that they were, they were made aware that people were going to be coming to Washington. I don't think that they believed, maybe that it was as many, but they, they didn't care. They weren't concerned because it was a group of white people that were going to be coming to the Capitol. Whatever they were planning to do, it didn't matter. It's okay. We can handle it. Or even if they didn't think they could handle it, they thought that maybe they could, could come, you know, get people in place in time. Well, you see what happened. But, again, I'm, and I'm going to say it and leave it alone. If you didn't know before, you know now what white privilege looks like. With that being said, you call it a dust-up. Uh, uh, okay, Jack Del Rio. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know what else to say about that. But lose his job? No, I, I definitely don't think he should have lost his job. But we see you once again. <laughs> and um, I think it would be very hard as a black athlete to play for him. Um, you can have all the talks and communications that you want. You can say, I'm open to all questions. I'm open to conversations. But that's in your heart. That's in your soul. That's in your spirit. It's how you feel. Thank you. Um, you, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, and I'd be looking at him sideways. I really would. So, uh, but lose the job? No, no. Just in the words of, of uh, Maya Angelou, when a person shows you who they are, Believe them. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just that simple. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see how the Washington Commanders perform this year, though. I am very. Um, I will be keeping my eye on um, on their play, uh, interaction on the sidelines, because you know you can only hide some stuff for so long in house. You know, um, you would like you know. I think that they're probably going to try to be professional about it, but only time will tell. 347-826-7924, that is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. Or what's the number? Because, ladies, that is the show. It's a wrap. Uh, awesome job, ladies. I love the conversation. Um, I do want to kick off the, um, not the shout-outs, but Janelle, um, I just want to let you know um, how much I appreciate you being on the show tonight, um, knowing, you know, what you've been dealing with, what you're going through. Um, when you didn't hit me back after the um, after the day, you know, when we text, I was hoping that everything went well. Uh, but I really wasn't expecting you, you know, to be on the show tonight. So um, the fact that you were able to make it, that you persevered and pushed through, um, again, it just um, – for the, the love and the respect that you show me each and every time that you uh, come on here. Um, it does not go 
resources. I love you right back, lady. Um, I'll text you when the show is over so we can talk about that other thing. But um, I want to give a shout-out right now to my Atlanta Braves. Um, they are absolutely doing phenomenal right now. I need them, I need them to keep it up. Um, I need them to break this record. That's going to be so awesome. And, they, and we're winning the game right now, so I'm hoping that we are able to – Tonight, if we can win this game, we'll tie our record. But I want them to actually go ahead and break this record. So I'm I'm excited. Um, so congratulations to them because they are doing their thing right now. Um, I want to uh, give a shout-out to Terry um, and let her know that I miss her. I'm, I'm sorry that she wasn't able to um, join us tonight. Miss um, Lucinda. Um, ma'am, I love you so much. I, I appreciate um, all that you all that you have to go that goes into you putting your lyrics together because you definitely um, definitely do your thing. Um, and I appreciate you taking it easy on me because I missed the show last week. I, it wasn't intentional, but it couldn't be helped. Um, TJ, I'm I'm so grateful for you. Um, you know that I I'm one of those people who believe that. Um, everyone is brought into your life either for a blessing or a lesson. And I'm so glad that you turned out to be a blessing to me. You are so amazing. You are such a good friend. You are just, uh, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you. I'm appreciative of the fact that your parents raised such a good woman, not just a good friend. You are good, a genuine good person. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and I also appreciate how hard you have to work to put the show together because I'm, uh, I, I happen to be one of those uh, people who I'm constantly listening to sports stuff anyway. That's just what I do. It's, it's how I pass my time. I, I like to um, pass my time putting things in my mind that's, that's going to help me focus on my work but um, not, not distract me from what I'm doing. So it, it, it's a lot. It takes a lot in order to do what you do. So I thank you so much. I appreciate you so much for all that you do um, and all that you have to go through to put the show together. So, And I love you so much. You are you are like a sister to me, and you mean the world to me, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You're right back at you. You know, I love you. You're like me too. Okay. Um, and, Aileen, you know, I love you, and I appreciate you too. I don't want to think I forgot. I left you out. <laughs> Aileen, you're up. Uh, I just want to say, um, I, uh, Janelle, I, I thank you for those words. Um, I love you as much. I'm so glad that you're back. I just gave you, I didn't give you a hard time, huh? Oh, I just, you never know. Ain't Lou my beach. It's changing when it comes to messing with you. Psych. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, thanks for that. No. No, I'm serious. I, 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 you know, I'm just glad you're back on the show. And sometimes you, just, I, my focus was somewhere else. We was on the same page with the Curry thing, so I just had to pick it back with you on that, girl. Um, and then Miss Terry, I want you to know that I miss you tonight. Uh, we hope to see you next week. Uh, your presence is definitely missed, and we love you so much. And uh, hopefully, you'll get to go back and listen to the show and everything. Um, <clears throat> I'm having birthday shoutouts that I know of. Uh, TJ, TJ, uh, what can I say? You did it again today. 
uh, you just the, the 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 format and everything, even your hatred, uh, your little shade for Curry. I'm gonna let you go with that. Um, but um, you did a great job, and uh, and everything was good, uh, you know. But um, um, I just want to encourage you to keep on doing what you're doing because your time is coming. It's time to shine. Um, and I just want to say uh, all these um, people out there in Facebook land and LL Sports 2 land, thank you for your support. Uh, and uh, y'all continue to uh, support TJ and even more when it's time for her to, to be on a, a network. We're just waiting on that. Um, but um, that's all I have to say. Uh, thank God for you ladies. I, it, it was a great show. I learned so much when I'm out here, uh, you know, with y'all. I feel uh, really uh, small and, and like a novice when Miss Terry's not here because, you know, she and I, we the ones don't know as much as you girls do. But, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning, so I thank God for you. I love you all. Yeah, definitely. And I love you right back. Love you, Dwayne Luke. All right, ladies, so. Until next time, until we meet again, God willing, y'all be safe, and I love you. Love you. Goodbye, ladies. Right. Good Good night. 7924, that is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2, the triple threat in the house. Janelle, Aunt Lou, and TJ. All right, so let's see here real quick. Wednesday, Wikipedia, um, 1998. No, I'm sorry, 1949, Eddie Wakis um, was seriously injured when a female fan entered his hotel room and shot him. He played for Philadelphia. I believe it was base, he was a baseball, so it's Philadelphia. I don't know who they was in 1949, though. But, yeah, he got shot, Paul Eddie. And then 1993, Ken Griffey Jr., he hit his 100th career home run, making him the sixth youngest to reach 100. And in 1995, during the O.J. Simpson murder trial, O.J. was asked to put on a pair of gloves. You already know I'm going. If it don't fit. You must have quit. That was the day in 1995. The gloves were said to have been worn by the killer on the night of the murders of Nicole Brown and Ronald Goldman. The gloves appeared not to fit. Too legit not to fit. Uh-oh. Anyway, that's your Wednesday Wikipedia for June 15th. <laughs> All right, so shout-outs today. Um, of course, the music um, breaks tonight featured birthdays. Woo, 1971 and 1996. Tupac. Tupac Shakur, he would have turned 51 on tomorrow. And then happy birthdays today. Cooper Cup turns 28. Neil Patrick Harris, the actor, turns 48. Northwest, um, babe, the child of um, Kanye and um, his, the mother, Kardashian, Kim Kardashian. So she turns 8. And yay, yay, Ice Cube turns 52 today. All right. So, of course, great big shout-out to everybody who listened in. Oh, and uh, Lakeisha says she would like to extend the invitation to all of us ladies as a guest on her podcast. Definitely, ma'am, you just let us know. Uh, give us the times and stuff, and we'll, we'll try to make that happen. Of course. We'd love to support. All right. Um, but shout-out to everybody who tuned in on the timeline. Always remember, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend about your girls on Wednesday night. Hello, Terrence. Thank you for tuning in to the show tonight. Uh, great big shout-out to Marlon, Silicon Valley. Shout-out to Ronbo, Ronbo Sports. Shout-out to the Chambers Brothers, Marvin and Harold Chambers. Great big shout-out to Aunt Lou once again for bringing the strength. If you missed Lucinda's lyrics, make sure that you catch it because she showed out tonight, okay? Out. <laughs> she showed up. A great job as always, Aunt Lou. Shout out to Janelle rounding out the triple threat tonight. Again, thank you, Janelle. Um, again, you know, just um, I, I appreciate you being here. Um, Terry, we missed you. She hit me up, told me she wasn't going to be here, but we know she's doing her new job. So when she's here, she can't be. And when she's not, we uh, miss her. All right. 
of course, a great big shout-out to uh, my boy Chris. Happy birthday to my boy Chris Cummings. He'll celebrate his birthday on Sunday. Shout-out to my brother, D'Angelo Jackson. I love you, D. Shout-out to my mommy, uh, Miss Denise Green. Shout-out to you for everything you do for me, for LL Sports 2, um, just your unconditional love and support. Uh, where would I be without you? I don't want to know. So thank you, Mommy. I love you. All right, so that is going to do it for the show tonight. We'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 347-826-7924. And that leaves me time for only one more thing. That is TJ's Motivational Moment. And tonight I close. Uh, We will be celebrating Father's Day this weekend, so shout out to all of the fathers um, this coming Sunday, uh, hopefully you know, you um, if you don't have your father, um, you can, you know, just reminisce on all of the good times. Um, but for those of you who do have your father, let's make sure that we give them their flowers while they are still here. And I'm fortunate because um, my daddy's birthday always falls around Father's Day. I always wonder how you feel. I'm asking about that this year. How do you feel about, you know, celebrating kind of, you know, coinciding with uh, birthday? But it usually falls on two different days, but it's very close. Anyway, um, tonight I leave you with um, just – Man, my dad, um, we have, you know, I believe in full transparency. And, um, you know, I'm a daddy's girl, have always been, will always be. Uh, but there was a time where we didn't see eye to eye, and uh, there was a few years that went past where, you know, there was no communication. I look back on that time. Um, I do regret it because it's just time that you can never get back. But um, we are in such an awesome and wonderful and blessed place. I am so thankful for the relationship that I have with my father um because he is um he's a he's a he's more like a a friend well i mean he's he's my dad don't get me wrong um uh, my dad ruled with a very uh iron iron hand literally uh, you know your girl got beat quite a few times okay I wasn't bad or anything you know, but um you know your girl was just a little mischievous, but anyway. <laughs> Um, but, you know, over the years you, you, you talk and you communicate, and that's why I say I'm just so thankful for the relationship that I have with my dad because conversations that we've had, you don't know. You know, you can only as a child, you, you think you know, but um, as, as a grown adult, you, you learn about the responsibilities, the stress, the um, just the, 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 the life that, you know, people, your parents had to go through. And so um, it makes me appreciate him even more. Um, for everything that he did do for for our family, um, the sacrifices that I know that he made, um, the positions that he put us in, and you know it it it, it develops you as a child. It can be good or bad. Um, there are a lot of things that you know maybe I I um, I take into my adult life, especially in relationships, um, because of what I've seen. But at the same time, it molded me to always want to want the best, to be the best, to have the best because I've always had that, um, and that was instilled in me at an early age. So I always thank my father for, for wanting the best for his family. Um, you know, my daddy is, uh, he's my, my the reason I'm, I have love for old school cars. My daddy has some of the best cars, y'all. He had a Montego, that red Montego. I think it was a 72. That's the one that got wrecked. Um, and then he had that black, I mean, the, um, the brown uh, 40 lead. What? So I, I, that's my, where my love for old school cars comes from. Uh, my daddy also had uh, has a lead foot. <laughs> so I say that to say, um, as I've gotten older, I am more appreciative um, the respect that I have gained from my father, um, 
You know, I look back, there are so many times that I could have lost him. A head-on collision with a semi-truck. Um, like I said, my daddy has a lead foot. He's had quite a few accidents, but he's always been managed, able to walk away with his, his health, with his, his, his mind still intact, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, my dad has had come over COVID twice in this COVID season. I'm so blessed and so thankful because of that. And we had a health scare a few years ago. Um, and, again, we take so much for granted, y'all. We take so much for granted. And so, again, I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful that on this Sunday, God willing, I'll be able to spend this, this Father's Day with my daddy. Um, I won't be able to see him on his birthday, but we'll be able to celebrate. I'll be able to celebrate him celebrate with him now there's so many people that are in the grave and we wish we could have we wish we should have we wish we did again we have got to take action we have got to take advantage of the time that we have tomorrow is not promised so to my daddy Lawrence Ray Jackson I love you I adore you I am I always will be a daddy's girl um I appreciate you more than you will know and um I just thank you. I TJ, and that's my motivational moment. Until next time, others, be good to yourselves, but most of all, y'all be blessed. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there, and especially to my daddy, Lawrence Ray Jackson. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you. Bye-bye.